great, amazing worship. We are so blessed. Man, I've, got, I've had the privilege to speak in small churches and big churches. And, you know, it's hard when you're human. You always want to like, oh, I want to just compare. How many have ever bought a car, didn't even know the car existed, and then you got the car and it seems like everybody's got one? You know? You start going around, you start saying, oh, wow. But I'm telling you, man, the, the worship that we have and that, that Mal and her team brings, just crazy anointed in a good way. Oh, I got to tell you this. I mean, I got on my, my iPad where I keep my notes. I turned this on. Arrow said to me, I said, who's that? He goes, hey, there's, there's Potts. That's my grandson. I don't remember taking that picture, but boy, I like it. <laughs> it's actually Rocky Balboa, so I mean, absolutely. This is my wife, Kimdrian. Good to have you with us. Let's say hello to our online crowd today. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. God has been so good. I mean, it, everything is on the increase at TLC. Everything is on it. We just had a youth meeting last Thursday. had 20 students here last Thursday, and uh, they just rocked the house. Our next youth meeting is July 20th. We'll be right here at TLC. You don't want to miss that if you're between ages of 11 and 18 and graduating high school or you know, if you haven't and you're like, I want to get connected, man, just get to connection class and then, uh, you know, come and see me. We, we always can use help. Anytime, you just got to know, anytime you work with kids, anytime, I mean, here, this is what we do, whether it's back in Kids Town, uh, Tara right now is the mayor of Kids Town. <laughs> She's back there and she uh, administrates justice pretty well back in that back room. But <laughs> anytime you work with children, we, d we do a national background check, just so you know. I mean, that's only because we want your kids to be safe. We want this to be a safe place, a safe zone, and, and all of that. So we don't let somebody walks in and says, oh, I love kids, I want to work back there. That's not going to happen. They have to be checked out, and all of that stuff has to happen before uh, we even allow. Plus, you know, we want them to go through connection. We want to make sure they like kids. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm working in the kids. You like kids? I hate them. <laughs> so we probably won't have them back in the back, but... Um, if that's something that you can help with, we, we appreciate that. We are going places, and uh, we are believing God for great renovations on the building as we grow and, and different things to happen in the city and community. So when we're talking about city seeing revival, I believe we are in last days. I know we've heard it for years and years and years, but, man, that, the world is just seems like it's spinning in ways I'm like, I don't even want to go. You know, you have those days where, like, when I was in school, didn't want to get out of bed. And the only reason I didn't want to get out of bed is because I had a test that day. <laughs> I didn't want to go to school because I had a test. Now sometimes, just as an adult, you just don't want to either go to work or there's just too much junk going on. But I don't have to. Ah, but we have a bigger God. And he is greater than what's in the world. And so we're thankful for that. We've been talking about just a believer's authority. And the title of this whole series has been Not Today, Satan. Because the enemy just wants to rack you. He just wants to get you off course. He just wants to keep you at a minimal working. I mean, if he can't get you to recount God, so to speak, he'll just get you so you just feel you can do nothing. And he's good with that. Unfortunately for him, we are much smarter than that. We're going to teach you. We've been teaching you what authority you have. So let's, let's get started on that and, uh, and get in. This is actually week 11 of this authority. I hope you're liking it. If you uh, want to catch up, all of it is free. You can go. Uh, we have a YouTube channel and we have our website, all of that stuff. You can get those and listen to those and catch up. Listen to them in your commute to work or whatever. Um, you know, so we're, we're doing everything that we can to be generous. We want to be generous. We want you to be able to hear the word of God for free and, and for it to make a difference in your life. We've covered so much stuff in the last 10 weeks. So I encourage you to go back. We talked about how the believer's authority works, and we can see how the kingdom of God operates. I told our dream team today, <clears throat> if you understand the laws, uh, laws don't change. If you are an electrician and you know how to electric works and you know how to wire electric, uh, then this is what goes. This wire goes. If you wire that wrong, it doesn't work, or shockingly enough, you can get a charge out of that. But... Um, it, because this is how it works. And so if you can learn the laws of electricity, you can duplicate it. I can go and I could run wire in someplace else and make the light bulb work if I knew how the law works. 
it's like that in the kingdom of God. If you understand the kingdom and you understand how the laws work, you can duplicate them because God doesn't, he doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8 says that. So remember that we have authority and we're learning how the kingdom operates. All authority comes from God, so I'm just gonna recap just a little bit. He created the heavens and the earth and he delegated that authority to mankind. And when he did, he limited himself on what he could and could not do because he gave that authority to us. He won't go against his word. His word is his bond. When I hear that, I think of uh, Peter Pan and Robin Williams. My word is my bond uh, because that's what, never mind. Anyway, that was in that movie. But this is actually true. His word is his bond. He will not lie. Psalm eighty-nine, thirty-four says, My covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. So when God says something, he actually means it. He doesn't, he doesn't mince his words. He doesn't chew his cabbage twice. He doesn't do all of that. He does what he's supposed to do. He says it. He means it. So when he said, you have control, you have authority, you have dominion over the earth, you subdue it. That's what he meant, and he can't intervene on that because that would be unjust, and he would go against his word. Now, when we're studying all this, that's why we understood that he delegated that away, and we understand how the enemy got it. He got it from Adam. Adam and Eve gave that authority to the enemy when they submitted to him and gave the enemy legal jurisdiction. So that's why God had to become a man. John 4, 24, God's spirit, those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Think about what I'm saying, because as a spirit, he didn't have authority on the earth because that was delegated to man in a physical body. Are you with me? He had ownership. Now, make no mistake, God owns it, okay? He owns the earth. I mean, it's, it's God's, but the authority, that command was given to man. He delegated that away. Jesus had to become a man. So he could take back what mankind had given to the enemy. God had to come in a physical form. We talked about Lucifer was created by God. Satan was created by man because they yielded to that and gave him power. They made Satan by giving in to him. Made him the God of this earth or this world. And it was intended for man, not for the enemy. Not with a capital G, because we were supposed to be... the in charge, but with a little g, just for authority, not as in divine. God is that. We are not that. Man is what empowered Satan. So we need to understand the origin of the enemy's power. He didn't get it from God. God didn't delegate it to him. He's not using superior angelic power against us, but he's using authority and power that God gave mankind. So therefore, the enemy is totally dependent on us cooperating with him in order for him to be able to do anything. That's our foundation so far. So with the authority God gives comes responsibility. If you're a Spider-Man fan, you've heard that line. Peter, with great power comes great responsibility. Not many Spider-Man fans in the building today. <laughs> but that's what that makes me think of. Once we understand what happened and how, uh, man was given it, and then he gave it to the enemy. Jesus bought it back, and then he gave it to us. Matthew 28, 18 and 19, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority, everybody say all. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we are now, you and I, if we're believers, we are co-heirs. He shared this authority with us, Romans 8, 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So we share this authority, because that's why we can use his name. He took it back, gave it to us, delegated that to us. So this is the bottom line. If we're asking God to do what he told us to do, that's not in order. James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. When it says you resist the devil and he will flee from you, that means, I'm just trying to make this as plain as I can, okay? You can't ask God, well, you can, but you're not going to get results. You cannot ask God to resist for you. Because greater is he that's in you 
He has given you the authority. He gave you the authority over the enemy, over the devil. We have to resist. We have to fight. The problem with the body of Christ is we don't like to do that. Many believers, we don't understand this, so we, we have this wrong mindset, and that's how we approach God with our attitude, our mindset. That's how we view ourselves. Remember when they sent 12 spies to view out the promised land? 10 came back and said, man, they're huge, they're big. Blah, blah, blah. Two, two guys, Joshua and Caleb, said, we can do it. But 10 of them said, we are, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. They're, they're calling the shots. They're saying, this is how they see us. But they're, this is how they see themselves. So they're saying how they see themselves. They're saying, I'm nothing, I have nothing, I can do nothing. But they do believe in God, and they say, God, you can do anything. And we understand nothing is impossible with God, but we also understand there's delegated authority here. And the enemy's going to try to trip us up. Oh, God, I need you to do this. I need you to heal this person. Would you take care of this problem? Understanding... That power comes from God, but it is delegated for you and I to, to resist the enemy and take authority. We spend so much time telling God about our mountain instead of telling our mountain about our God. What we end up doing, if we're not watching, we get ourselves out of any responsibility because this is the thing that most of us were taught going, if it's, it just must be God's will. I just heard this not long ago. Whatever happens, happens. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. It's just God's will. No, that is so lame. It's not God's will that people get murdered and raped and babies get aborted. That's not God's will. It happens. Does that mean God wants it to? When we have that mindset, when we have no responsibility and we just get our hands off of it, oh God, it's just all you, you just do it. it. says he'll bless the work of your hands. If we are not doing kingdom work with our hands, we're not doing anything with our hands. We're not putting our faith out there. We're not doing anything. There's nothing for him to bless. That's so many times why people don't see results. They don't see fruit and they get discouraged and they quit. They've heard it and heard it and heard it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, Jesus is coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God heals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He delivers. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a song. A little boy came up to his dad and said, Dad, they were saying something about this guy. What's, who is he in the Bible? And his dad said, well, who are you talking about? He said, Andy. He said, Andy, Andy, Andy. I think the only thing you think of was maybe a disciple or, or somebody, Andrew, I, you know, I don't know. He said, well, son, tell me who you're talking about. He said, well, the teacher said, Andy walks with me, Andy talks with me. <laughs> Kids are wonderful, aren't they? But we want to see results. We want to see actual, like, see these Bible stories instead of just read about them. What if you could live them? Not the bad ones. I know you're like, I don't want to be in jail. <laughs> I don't want to be flogged, you know. But I mean, the ones where you pray for people and you see results because you understand how the kingdom works. God is not going to do what he gave you and me power and authority to do. Let's look at the word. Jesus says this before he leaves. Acts 1, 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So back in that time, it was a common belief among the Jews that Jesus would establish the physical kingdom right then. He's coming back. He's got to be established in this thing. We've heard about it. We've read about it. This is what he's saying. Isaiah 6, 61, 1 and 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord is of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, opening the prison to those who are bound, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Back uh, in the Old Testament, the prophecies like that, they weren't separated. The coming of the Messiah and the salvation he would bring, the establishing of the kingdom, they were all kind of clumped together. 
So they usually just thought of it as, oh, well, it's got to be happening now. So that was their mindset. We know now that Jesus purchased our salvation by dying on the cross, and his second coming has been delayed 2,000 years. We've talked about that. <laughs> they thought that the Messiah was going to establish his physical kingdom, and they talked, asked him about it uh, at different times. Revelation and other places says his kingdom will be established, and he will rule and reign 1,000 years. We now know that there's the church age that separates his first and second coming. They know, uh, they, now this is what the disciples see. I mean, can you just imagine this? They saw him get killed. They saw him die. And they saw him again when he was alive. With nail marks in his hands, his side, his feet. They saw it. They saw him come back. So that's why they were asking. So now are you going, do you understand? So now they're thinking, this must be why he's going to establish the kingdom. He's going to do it now. Because he died and now he's back. But he's about to leave. That's probably for me. <laughs> Jesus answers this, Acts 1-7. He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons when, which the Father has put in his own authority. And this is what he's saying. This is what Jesus is saying. This is not your call. You don't make this call. This is for God to, this is God's call. The Bible says that Jesus doesn't even know. The Father's gonna tell him it's time to go get him. He doesn't know the day of the second coming. There's always people that are gonna try to tell you they've pinpointed it, they've diagnosed the scriptures, they've got it down to the day. Have you ever met people like that? That doesn't mean they're bad people, they love the Lord, but they think they've got this thing figured out. Although scripture says, nobody knows. I knew a fellow that, remember in 88, there was some of the, Jesus was coming back in 88. This guy was so adamant about Jesus coming back in 88, he was saying it to everybody. In a condemning way, God bless him. If you didn't believe that, you were going to, you're not going to make it and you'll probably go to hell. Well, 88 came and gone, and we we're still here, and so was he. He had a hard time coming back because he was so adamant about that. But you need to understand, there's a scripture that says, you can't know that. I don't care. I mean, don't matter. I don't care who you are. The, Jesus is waiting. It was just, you know, I remember thinking... Remember the big Y2K scare? All of that stuff. <laughs> Look at Acts 1.8. says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The Greek word for power there is dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite. It also stands for authority and power. To be witnesses to God everywhere you go. So what the Lord is saying is, I'm giving you the authority to have this kind of power and this kind of authority to be my witness wherever you go. I think it needs to start at home. Branch out from there. If you've seen a, a pebble hit the water and it has those ripples, just start, you know, do what you need to do where you are. And be the evangelist for where you are. Now, one thing I, I appreciate, Cadence. Cadence, you are, you are the girl, man. That, that chick, can I call you a chick? <laughs> she brought like, I don't know how many, 11 or 13 students Thursday or something like that. Her, her mom and dad rented a bus and a jet and got them all here. <laughs> I mean, it, just, it was awesome. But, I mean, she's just like, woo! And then and some of the girls are back there now, and I love those girls. Man, they're back there. They're, they're good dodgeball players. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you know, she's just starting where she is and saying, this is just what I want to do. I'm so excited about what God is doing. And then God is just showing up, and, and new friendships are being made, and, and bonds are being formed. Not because, yes, we're human, but because there's something else going on, something from God. God gave us authority to preach the gospel, whether in deed or in word. 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 
Romans 10, 17, I love this verse. It's my, one of my favorite scriptures. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the word in front of Romans 10, 17, look at 14 and 15 of that chapter. How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of of good things. I'm telling you, you are destined to do the things God wants you to do. Now, I've been on staff, and not everybody always goes with that. I mean, I've been on staff, and and the guy, I'm not saying anything against the senior uh, pastor. It sounds like I am, but I'm just saying my belief was this. I'm just crazy enough to believe that God will do exactly what he says. Isn't that not true? He will do exactly what he says. We are going into the hospitals to pray for people. And there was people that went to the church, and, and there was, oh, we need to, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't go in. What if they're contagious? I'm like, get out. I mean, is that not why we're here? If there's anything on them, it ain't getting on me. Come on, I'm one-third Holy Ghost. Let's go pray for people. And God would heal them. I didn't have to put on a mass suit or, or anything like that or make sure I washed my hands 52 times. Good Lord, when I was a kid, I ate with dirt on my hands. I ran with scissors. I climbed trees. I was just telling my mom, Mom, if you're watching, I was telling her, they'd take us fishing when we were kids, and we caught our own worms. Anybody ever do that? In your backyard, caught own worms, and we put them on. I learned how to put them on the hook because my mom showed me. This is how you put the worm on the hook. And all the, yeah, it's not a real pretty picture. <laughs> That's where they got hot dog on a stick, I think. I don't know. <laughs> look at people like, oh, no, no, never look at a hot dog the same way. But I remember we'd be fishing, and it'd be lunchtime. Well, we were sitting by the water on some rocks. It's not like, you know, somebody's going to pull up with a... We didn't have the hand sanitizer like you got. You know what hand sanitizer was back when I was a kid? Your mom spitting on a Kleenex, wiping your face. That's what it was. Finger. Oh. We're going to pray for you, girl. You had a rub. Here's your finger. My mom, she, she just had a washcloth, and she had it wet. When she did it at home, wrapped it in Glad Wrap, because everything in Glad Wrap keeps for years. She just pulled that thing out and just hand it to us. Me, this is me and my sister. We just take that, and then we dig our hands right into the tater chips. I never thought about germs. Where was I going with this? I don't know. What I'm saying is, you can do. You can be a witness for God. But you've got to believe that God wants to use you. You might say, you know what, I'm not good enough. You know, none of us really are, but because of Jesus, we are. That's it. Because of whose we are makes us good enough. Because of the greater one lives in me, that makes us good enough. I'm telling you how great is great when someone comes in and they're not right and the enemy has possessed them and they're talking at you and it ain't their voice. You better know whose side you're on. And I don't have to know. All I have to do is know whose I am. And I know who's in me. Because then he's like, okay, let's go. He's amazing. If you're thinking to yourself, I don't have to do anything, Brett. God will sovereignly, miraculously just save them. How many have somebody that needs to be saved? You know somebody. We all do. Or somebody that needs to come back. We all do. Okay. If you're not going to pray for them, or you're not going to pray for someone to pray for, to come and talk to them? How's that going to happen? Because it goes against the authority that God gave us. He gave us authority to preach the gospel in word or deed or both. If you don't share or we don't believe that somebody's going to cross their, their path to share the good news or to show them kindness or love... Now think about before the gospel was out there, Paul had that road to Damascus experience. I'm not saying there couldn't be a miracle in God, but I'm just saying as the kingdom operates, it is up to us to share the good news. If we don't share, people don't get saved. 
I have people ask me, how come you give an altar call like almost every service? Because this might be the one that somebody gets saved at. This might be the one where finally they're like, I don't know what they're going through. But I believe that God orders their steps and got them here. Acts 10, 1 through 6, there's a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. Centurion was called the Italian regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people, prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly a vision, an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa, send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house by the sea. He'll tell you what you must do. Here's why I'm trying to make this point. An angel appears to Cornelius. Cornelius has been following God. The Bible that we just read, he's a devout man. He had been seeking God. He is very generous. He had a good track record, how he lived. The angel came to bring him salvation. Notice the angel didn't tell him how to get saved. I'm, let me just... Hang with me for a second. He didn't preach to him about Jesus, explain the gospel. He gave him specific instructions on where he should go, what house, who to look for, the location of the house, go get Peter. My question was then why? It was about a day and a half travel time. Why didn't the angel just say, here's what, it, here's what I want you to know. This is what the good news is. Because it goes back to the believer's authority. God didn't give the authority to angels. He gave it to mankind. He gave it to mankind to preach the gospel. People need to hear the truth to get born again. We read that scripture. They need to hear somebody that's going to tell them. You don't have to be a minister. You are all ministers of some kind. People get born again when people share the gospel. Some just by gifts, some by just words, kindness. First time I met Pastor Gary, <coughs> excuse me, I mean, I meet a lot of ministers. People said, you need to meet Pastor Gary. You and him say a lot of the same things, but you say it the same but different. Okay. He's a hunter like you. I wasn't really that successful yet, <laughs> but I did hunt. Uh, and and we, you had things in common because our uh, kids helped us when we started church. This is actually before we started True Life. But, you know, we're involved in ministry and his kids were involved. Anyway, I met Pastor Gary and he didn't know anything that was going on with me at all. But the first time I met him, he called me up front. He said, oh, I heard there's a Pastor here, is Brett here? Pastor Brett, are you here? And I'm like, so I come up there and he said, listen, I don't know. Lord wanted me to show you this just for proof. Give this to me. Because have you ever said stuff that you're like, I wish that would happen to me or you have a need or something and you know God knows it, but nobody else really knows it like Kim would know it. So we were... We didn't have a whole lot, and we needed money just to get groceries, and Kim was, she's a great budgeter, man. That, uh, Sandy and Tom helped us with that. They, they helped, you know, here, here's how you do this. It's, Kim just, man, she took that. She'd say, okay, here's your grocery money. Here's 15 to $25. I'm like, you, how could you buy anything on $15, $25 nowadays? It costs you that almost to go through McDonald's. But anyway, I was just like, what we needed I went to that meeting on a wing and a prayer. I didn't know Gary, didn't know anything. He handed me a check for $400. I got back in the car and I was like, babe, this guy just gave me a check for $400. He said that God told him to do it. She's like, honey, that's awesome. First thing we did, we took our tithe out of it. For you that are math whizzes, that was 40 bucks. And then we, we took an offering out of that, probably another 10. So we probably sowed, you know, 50, 40 in the tithe and 10 in that and and God just started doing multiple, and I started seeing faith in a different way than I've seen it before. It started opening my eyes. I'm like, wow, I start seeing fruit. People will want me to pray 
Because they, they think, well, God will listen to you, but he won't listen to me. I've had them tell me that. I know that God hears you, but he doesn't hear me. You got this all wrong, friend. Prayer is essential and it's crucial. But prayer alone just doesn't get somebody saved. They have to hear the gospel. It must be shared. God gave that authority to man. I'm going to shock you a little bit, but God does not sovereignly save people. If it was just up to God, everybody would be saved. 1 John 2, 2, and he himself is a propitiation. That's fun to say. Propitiation. I'll take an E for 100, Alex. <laughs> and not for ours, but, but also for the whole world. In other words, Jesus died for all sins, believers and people that don't believe. He died for everybody, the whole world. If God had his way, everybody would be saved. Every person would receive that salvation. The scripture teaches that. And we would receive it. We'd, we'd hear the word and Jesus died and none would perish. So you have to share. People need to know the truth. And some people will just be like, I don't want to hear that. Okay. You know, I've witnessed to people without saying a lot of things. I don't change what I do. But eventually, many times, those people come back and say, will you pray for me? Sure. People that mocked me, belittled me when I worked at Honda on the line, called me preacher man, Jesus, little Jesus. That's quite a compliment, actually. But finally, they, would, they were just broken, and they would see things happening in my life. And I remember on the line, one guy said, I want to be saved. I want to be saved right now. We're on an assembly line, folks. I got myself in trouble because I said, okay. And so we just, I just started praying for him. Cars were going by us. We didn't put our parts on. They had to stop the line. I had to explain. The guy said, well, what? I got called in the office. Well, what happened? You can't do that. Well, I was sharing the gospel. This isn't the place to share the gospel, Mr. Gleason. It's kind of against it. You're not allowed to do that here. So I said, I'll, I'll try to be a little more mindful, but I'm always going to share. I'll just try not to make it back the lineup. Activate the law by sharing or praying for others so that if you can't, maybe they won't receive from you, but let somebody else go and talk to them so they will cross their path. So many of us ignore this and just believe it must not be his will. Well, if nobody tells them and they don't get saved, can I just say this? <clears throat> That's not how it works. They must choose. God will not force salvation on anyone. They cannot be saved against their will. No more than you can force someone to get the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Have you ever tried to get that? How many have ever wanted the baptism and feel like you didn't get it? Besides me. Now, I have it now, but I... Okay, I, I can't tell you how many times. I went down front, I don't know. I went down front, and this is back in the day. How many remember white hankies? Oh, my. There were ladies with white hankies, and some lady came, and you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Come on, come on, honey. And so down I went, and they were all waving those hankies, and they were all over my head, and one of them had oil, slapped it on their hands, slapped it on my head, and... My hair is getting all greasy, and, and I, I just wanted to get out of there. I mean, honest, I'm just honest. I'm just like, I just, please do not touch me anymore. That's what I wanted to say, and so then I got smart. I'm not telling you to do this. I got smart, and I thought, I will just repeat what they're saying. Go. It worked. I couldn't understand what they were saying because they all sound like they're talking baby talker gibberish. So I just said, they seemed like the one lady was trying to tell me, say this. Well, that's wrong anyway. You can't, they don't know what to, you, that's a language God gives you. They don't give it to you. But I didn't know that then. And she's like, say, and I said, well, I thought if this will get me out of here quicker. So I did. And they said, oh, hallelujah, he's got it. I was up and gone. Then I figured out how the, how the thing works, and then God did it for real. It is amazing. But my point is, it can't be forced. God gave you 
and them authority to choose. So whoever you're praying for or whatever, whether they're a believer or not, they believe, unbelievers still have authority. Maybe not in the kingdom, so to speak, but they have authority on their free will. Make sense? Deuteronomy 30, 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Both of you and your descendants may live. I can't force a person to be saved, healed, baptized, joyful, happy, delivered. Have you ever tried to make somebody happy? My sister used to do this. We'd get hurt, or I'd get hurt, probably by doing something a dare, she told me. Oh, look, she's looking at me. But if we would get hurt, we would tell each other, don't cry, don't cry. And she would go, you know, trying so I, so I wouldn't cry. Because if I was crying, then you got mom involved. What happened? And it was usually something stupid that I tried or did. Or, you know, like I tried flying down 15 stairs. That didn't work out too well. I even had a cape. Capes don't really help. Just so you know. You can believe as hard as you want. But that law doesn't change. Gravity works really well. But anyway, you you can't, they have to decide. You see, people, when they get offended, they choose to be offended. And they choose to stay offended. I'm not saying you, you can't ever get offended. I'm saying if you stay that way, it's your own choice. You're going to have to let that go. Well, they meant to hurt me. Okay. Are you bigger than that? Is he not bigger than that? So you move forward. You see, his will says... And he's provided that we choose over our life, blessing or cursing. God honors that. Free will is sacred to God. If somebody doesn't want to get saved, he doesn't stand in their way. Now, you might say, I don't agree with that. I'm just saying, show me where that's different. They can choose. Now, let me say this. His will will draw us, influence us. He'll send people across our path. Luke talks about sending a harvester. You can send people to, to talk or witness to somebody that you're praying to get saved. I mean, God will certainly do those because people that are believers will hear the voice of God. It is his will that all would be saved. He doesn't want any to perish. Maybe you turn on the radio and you hear a song and all of a sudden it ministers to you. God can use stuff like that. Have you ever seen a movie and you were touched by the movie, and it just it moved you. He can use things like that. Maybe you got a, a sign of some kind. Sometimes uh, the Lord will say something to Kim, and it'll come in like threes. She'll hear it once, and then she'll hear a scripture again, and the same scripture, something that will happen like three times in one day, and she'll go look it up, and she'll ask the Lord, and she'll pray in the Spirit, and then God will say, here's what I wanted you to know. We've seen it before. But God, just so you know, he won't go against his word. You cannot be forced. You just can't say, okay. There was a, a whole thing that was done wrong, and it, and it hurt the church. Just name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. And, you know, I mean, we're not talking about that. We're just, you know, so-and-so, all of those things, they have a free will. Now, you can be part of that, to get that happening. <clears throat> Acts 16, 31, 32 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved, and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in the house. So some will take that to mean that if you're saved, the whole house is saved. Now, let me, let me peel this back just a little bit. If you're saved, and you're the head of the house, there is blessing on the house. But it doesn't mean everybody in the house is saved. Because that violates believer's authority. Your faith takes care of you, not them. My dad got saved. I can't get to heaven because dad was saved. I have to answer for me. I can't go up there and say, well, you know, my father got saved, Lord, and I am my father's son. He's not going to say, you know, you're right. Come on in. My name has to be in that book just like his, just like yours. Now, what it's saying is your faith will take care of you, and because you're head of the house, then what you put your hand to will be blessed. There's blessing on that house. But the people in the house will see the blessing and see your faith, 
and will be impacted by that because of your example. And then they too, very good chance that they will receive Christ because they've seen it. They will see fruit. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We have supernatural authority as a believer that unbelievers don't have because we have the Lord. But unbelievers, like I said before, even have authority over their own life. So I can't just take my faith and manipulate it to someone else or use it to make things happen with other people. They have a free will. Let me explain again. If it was true and I could do that, I could walk into the hospital and clean it out. Doesn't matter what they think. Doesn't matter what they believe. Every person in there, I could lay hands on them and they should be able to walk out. We are mistaken if we think that everybody wants to be well or to be saved. They're deceived. Now, if they knew the real facts, I, I believe they would be. But the enemy has clouded that. A lot of people think, well, if it's, God, if it's God's will, that's why they're sick. It's God's will. Right? He's trying to teach me something. Let me ask you this question. If it's God's will to be sick, don't ever go to a hospital. Don't ever take medicine because you're going directly against God's will because he's trying to teach you something. Don't get better. Get worse and really learn the lesson. I'm going to catch a fox and cut his tail off. <laughs> it is God's will to heal everyone. Even though he gave authority to heal the believers so they can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Matthew 10, 8 says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I have authority. You and I both do if you're a believer. But it doesn't override an individual's authority on their own life. I can't make them. They choose. Choose to stay whom you will serve. There's people that want healing, but they can't accept it supernaturally from God that he would use someone because their faith won't work that way. They've been taught there's so much. It only can come through, you know, and God does heal. I get it. Medicine can help and, and all that and doctors and all that, and I get that. I understand that, and I believe in that. I do believe that God uses people. But sometimes that's where people are just like, he won't do it any other way. It has to be that way. Their mindset stops them from receiving, or I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not walking their walk. But, I mean, I've been in that boat, too. I've been in the hospital. I don't have answers for all of that other than what I'm telling you. All I know is my authority, I can't manipulate it for other people. I've prayed over people to be delivered. Some people don't want to be delivered. They've allowed the enemy in, and they want him to stay. They have their own free will. There are some things that happen that you and I as believers have authority. I can cast out devils. It says I can because Jesus is in me. But the enemy will come back to that place. And that person has to say no. Because they have to change their allegiance. Are you with me? I cannot be that person. I have been in where I've done deliverance in different places. And, and have said. They said, are you going to leave? I said, yes, I don't live here. They will leave now. Because we'll make them leave. But when I leave, 
you better get some backing. It's important that you understand individual authority. People have to believe. They have to want to. They have to yield their will. I'm going to say this. Here's another shocking statement. God doesn't have grandchildren. We have to all be accountable for us, each other, individually. We have to, each one of us, have a personal relationship with God. We have to say, God, I receive the salvation Jesus provided. I'm not the one that saves you. Jesus does. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the scripture that we founded this church on. Your faith can preach the gospel to them. You can witness to them. You can answer questions. You can demonstrate God's love to them. Be used to draw them to God. And if they're in agreement, they, you can pray with them and they can be saved, healed, delivered, set free. They can have those scales fall from their eyes. They can see the truth or see the light. But they have to hear it. They have to see it. We don't have authority over people and their free will. We have authority over demons. Now, you do have authority to speak. Say if you have children in your household, again, if you're the head of the house, you can speak into their lives. You have authority over that. But as they get to the age where they understand right and wrong, they have to accept Christ on their own. We have authority, again, over demons, but not people. Does that make sense? Let me say this. <clears throat> I'm actually, I have two more lines and I'm done. If I was a police officer, and Sean's a pretty big guy, and Sean is partnering with Crockett, and that's Crockett and Tubbs. He's got the jacket on right over here. <laughs> but, I, but they were, let's just say I had to enforce something. Now, these guys are great, so they're not doing this. Just an example, okay? Now, they could both, between the two of them, maybe they could take me out. Probably not, but <laughs> Maybe. But what I'm, what I'm standing is, even though the person that has the badge on, I'm standing for something bigger. I'm standing for what the badge represents that's bigger than me. So when we are believers and we're standing up against what the enemy seems to have, like a Goliath, what you represent is way bigger than Goliath. You may not see that, but let's let the enemy see that. Because the mission is to get people into the kingdom of God, to save people, to heal people, to deliver people, to set people free. And although the enemy can cause opposition, you stand for something far bigger than you. Brett, you don't know. I've made mistakes. Pfft, join the crowd. This is past that. If we confess, he's faithful and just to forgive. That's why demons find a home and can stay. A person can allow it. They might not be in agreement to get him out. But as I'm closing right now, you've got to see what you're in agreement with. Can I tell you how important this is? Sometimes we get in agreement with stuff and we don't even realize we did it. Just by talking. You can play the music guys softly if you want. There have been times when, I mean, we've had five children. One is with Jesus now, but we have four. 
There have been times where I've seen the Lord do amazing things. I've seen my daughter that was just, she just wasn't getting better. And I was like, God, tell me what to do. And I prayed in the spirit. We're going to get into that, so I'm going to help you with that. And he, he showed me a picture of what to do. And I got her and I laid on the floor of our bathroom and I put her on top of me. And she was so sick. And I, I said, you just, you just lay here with daddy. And you know from that moment, she started getting better. Because that's what God told me to do. There have been times my children have had a fever, been sick. And unknowingly didn't even think about it. You know, somebody called, how are they doing? Well, their fever, you know, is 103 or whatever it is. 103.5 or what. And, and not meaning anything because the people don't, you know. They, well, you know, fevers can go up at night. That's what they do. And Kim said, yeah. And we prayed and nothing was happening. And she said, God, show me what to do. Now understand the difference between God do something and show me what to do. Do you catch it? She's going to put her hand to this. Just like I held, I think it was Maddie. Just like I held Maddie. This was Sammy. I think. And this is what he said to her. You got an agreement with that on the phone. She said, what? Fevers go up at nights, what they do. And you said, yes. She said, what do I do? So she broke that. We, we came together. And we said, in Jesus' name, we come out of agreement. That fever can't stay because it's night. The fever doesn't call the shots. The devil doesn't make the shot. God, you are my God. We began to declare the things of the Lord, and immediately, without medicine, the fever went down. Why? Authority. Putting your hand to it. Taking responsibility. Show me, God. Show me. As we get into this, I will show you everything that I can that the Lord gives me to show you. How being baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, isn't freaky, but very valuable to you. That you will be able to download information like the picture, put her on your chest and just lay there. Don't get in agreement with that. Break that word. I'm, let me. Can I say this? It beats not knowing. How many knows that God is never stumped? He knows. He's waiting. But the authority is given to you. Bow your heads, close your eyes, please.